0: This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. I'm Mimi Secor, host of ReachMD Partners in Practice, and it's my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Joanne Perrone, who is from California and is currently the co-chair of District 9 ACOG of California for the Physician Work-Life Balance Committee. Welcome, Dr. Prone. Thank you for having me here. This is a very exciting and near and dear to my heart topic. You spoke here at the conference on the menace of multitasking. What's your definition of that?
1: The definition is that we have been, our culture, not only our American culture, but our culture of medicine praises us and puts high value on those who are deemed great multitaskers. And I think you can see in many job descriptions, they want people who are multitaskers. Exactly. And it it becomes part of our identity and something we're very, very proud of that we can multitask. And the example that I give to people is I remember myself when I was breastfeeding. In one hand, I had my baby and I was talking to someone on the phone with my other ear and the shoulder lifted up. I was stirring the tomato sauce for dinner and I was standing on one leg because the other foot was rubbing my dog's belly. So four things at once, multitasking. And, and the thing with that is that is that you're really not present for any of those things. Exactly. So, you know, I wasn't present for my baby. I really wasn't present for my dog. Uh, who knows how that tomato sauce turned out? And I don't even remember what the conversation was about that I was talking to someone. So really multitasking, we think we're very good at it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But ultimately, by not being present... And especially when it pertains to our practice of medicine and the downstream effect on patient safety, that's when multitasking actually is not an advantage or a trait that we should be proud of.
0: So you're talking about a culture that's really going to be hard to change. How did you begin to see the light, Dr. Perrone, in terms of just this becoming such an important issue for you to address and address with your peers?
1: I think especially in obstetrics and gynecology, we're forced to be multitaskers. Probably any practice of medicine, but I think with especially with obstetrics and gynecology. And I, I started feeling many, many years ago what I would say was burnout, and starting to feel like anything I was doing wasn't good enough, and that hyper vigilance. I felt like, oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? Did I did I tie that artery off well enough? I don't even right. remember. Did I tie that artery well enough? Right. Now, obviously, most of the time I did. I don't. Rem- I really didn't have a lot of complications. But you know, once in a while we do have surgical complications, and it might have been you know we got into a bladder. Right. Because, you know, someone, a nurse said something across our shoulder, we were listening to that, and then with SNP, we're in the wrong spot. spot. right. You know, we, if we're all honest with ourselves, we can think of many, many times that we made errors, but more times than that, that we're near misses. And the near right. misses are extremely frightening. Very. And, and so for me, I really felt like that brought about my sense of burnout because Mm -hmm. it brought on more anxiety for me, less satisfaction because I was trying to do too many things. And, you know, I was praised for that, but ultimately that wasn't satisfying to me. Many years ago, I became a yoga teacher and that's where I first really learned about this concept of mindfulness and
0: and
1: actually how hard it is to achieve. We think it should be something that's like a switch, but the idea of being in the moment present and not having the monkey mind take over where you're thinking of everything in the past or ruminating about the past or anxious about the future, anticipating, could it be X, Y, or Z? You know, you're right in the moment and you're dealing with the information that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You actually become much more productive useful, authentic, present and satisfied and your patients are more satisfied. Well
0: patients can notice. They notice if you're attending to them or not.
1: They really do. And you can you actually can miss some very salient, important information by multitasking.
0: Well there's this whole issue now with electronic medical records and whether or not we can really attend to patients. Do they perceive us attending to them when we're also writing down notes in the electronic medical record?
1: And that would be a a good study to find out what's the patient's satisfaction. Do you feel like you your doctor was really present and listening to you? Certainly right. there are advantages to the EMR yes. especially if it forces you to check off something right? right that's the part of the checklist issue that we don't right. not, you know we're forced to not miss it we're forced to be mindful to check off that box right. and you can't you know you check it off after you've asked the question hopefully exactly. and gotten your answer so that you know that's built into the system right. the issue comes though is when you've decided you have the patient on your mind you're exiting the room and you're thinking okay this is what I want to do for her and then someone sees okay she's doctor's out of the room and comes and interrupts exactly. you so, your thoughts about what you were going to do for that patient have been interrupted, yes, and now do you actually return to the task, or is that the things you wanted you had planned in your mind for your patient? I can't tell you how many times I would you know maybe send off the patient with some orders or some plans and yes. then Two hours later, oh my goodness, I forgot to put this down too. Even though I had thought about it in the room,
0: exactly, I was
1: interrupted and I forgot to put that down.
0: This is a real global issue. I mean, it's one that affects every single clinician, nurse practitioners, physicians, all of us. How do we begin to reconstruct the system? Well, even before we get to that point, what impact might this have on measuring quality of care and quality indicators.
1: We have enough research that multitasking reduces our productivity even up to 40%. Really? Yes, up to 40%. That's frightening. It worsens our anxiety and our stress, which we know actually when we're stressed and anxious, we don't perform as well. Exactly. So our performance is decreased and our creativity is decreased. Hmm. And even though most of us think we're more left-brained people, Mm -hmm. we actually need that right brain to be working for problem solving, especially when Things aren't straight up. Right. Because right. Think, oftentimes situations have so much complexity to them if we're just thinking it's a linear solution and we're not using that other part of our brain that allows us to think of all other possibilities to problem solve and come to a good outcome, because we're multitasking, then ultimately the downstream effect is on patient safety, and there are more adverse outcomes.
0: What's, I think, fantastic is that you're giving this as a presentation at this conference. Also, what other initiatives do you have in mind in terms of rolling this agenda out so that people can begin to help themselves? Well, I'm glad you asked that.
1: I also would like to add that in the course I just gave, people said, well, how do you incorporate? into the daily clinical setting. I think it's very difficult to say as a physician, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes a day and meditate. I I, I think that's unrealistic. So what I designed for myself was what I call my snippets of mindfulness. You know, meditation sitting is 30 minutes of mindfulness or an hour, however you choose. But you can have mindfulness from moment to moment. So the way I tell people to incorporate into their practice is we have to wash our hands, right? We have to wash our hands. Right. That's that's part of patient safety. You're reducing infection. So for the 30 seconds before I walk in to see my patient, I'm washing my hands. But I'm doing it with mindfulness. Mm. I'm following my breath. And I'm thinking with gratitude, exactly, taking a breath. How much my hands have benefited other people? What hmm. my hands are capable of? And spend thirty seconds. That's not hard to do. We think it is, but it's not because. But we actually do need to wash our hands for thirty seconds.
0: I'm not sure everyone is. Some no, people we're not. Are just but doing purell actually, and right. but, more purell. Right,
1: but you can use that as a moment to actually hmm. clear your mind from the previous patient you saw or the interruption you had. That's brilliant. So that brilliant. when you walk in to that room, you have a fresh slate. You are not thinking about anything else. Mm-hmm. You are there present for that patient. And then when you're done with that patient, okay, let go of even if some of the sad things you had in there. Because, you know, we right. carry that sadness around oh, of our yes. patient sadness. You know, Definitely. woman having a miscarriage, you're telling a person to have cancer. Right. You know, or someone had intimate partner violence. You know, these are heavy stories we have. It is. And we carry this in us. But this is this practice of mindfulness allows us to release that. And then you go on to the next patient. So how do
0: you release that? You've got your time to wash your hands mm-hmm. before you go in. Mm-hmm. How do you? What's your afterwards? Ritual I wash after? my hands
1: again. Oh,
0: I like mm-hmm. that.
1: We have to wash our hands. We should anyway. We have to. Anyway. Well, I'm not sure yeah.
0: everybody washes mm-hmm. their hands after they see a patient, mm-hmm. but that's a really great it's way to wrap way it up. It's a way to
1: do it because it's also then incorporates self care because then yes. you're allowing yourself to have a little space
0: mm-hmm.
1: to breathe. They can't and interrupt and while
0: you're washing your hands.
1: Right. Well, if you tell them they this could. is my sacred time when I'm right. washing my hands, I'm clearing my mind. Let me be. Right? People really, interruptions should be really important things, life and death. Otherwise, Very. take a number, and right. when I have free space, I will deal right. with it. Right. And this is what other physicians have told me they do. If they're in the middle of something, they say, please, let me finish what I'm doing. Because you thi-
0: need to finish your thoughts with, right. around that patient encounter exactly. to be safe.
1: And so we need to feel comfortable right. with boundaries. Yes. Boundaries for other people. Yes. Because right now there are no boundaries. We are you know, everyone's beck and call. We walk out that door, we and are And we are zoom, everyone comes exactly. to us. But there have to be respect for these boundaries because if it's ultimately about patient safety, that's what we need to make it about. That the is secondary exactly right. effect is that it then will reduce our stress and anxiety, right? which right. is an important aspect of patient safety. How the physicians, how what is their wellness?
0: Right, and that's another subject mm-hmm. related to walking our talk. Mm-hmm. But in terms of getting this really automated into the educational systems of our healthcare professionals? We need this in medical school programs. We need this in residencies. We need this in nurse practitioner programs. Do you think that's feasible? What you're describing to me seems feasible.
1: I think it needs to be framed around patient safety Safety. because if you are not fully effective As a physician, because you are multitasking and we have science to prove it. Right. So patients are not satisfied with their encounter and more mistakes and errors are made. Then it has to become part of our culture. Our organizational culture it has to be valued just as our surgical skills are. I agree Our skills with that. that being able to be mindful and present should be a valued skill. But that takes time to change the personality of an organization. I but agree. But you do see this happening within business communities. They realize that there's more creativity, better problem solving. They come up with better products. Yes. Their workers are happier. when they allow this space to be mindful and not force multitasking.
0: And we need this for nurse practitioners and PAs and midwives as well. Everyone. Because they're having to work very quickly now too.
1: I found it very interesting when I was putting together the presentation for this that a study of perfusionists for coronary perfusion bypass surgery, over 55% of them, it's like 55.5%, admitted to texting (gasps) during the procedure frightening. It is very frightening. Very frightening. Those are the ones who admitted it. There are examples in the literature of patients who have had near misses because maybe the resident was given an order Mm -hmm. and was getting ready to enter that order, but then got texted maybe from a friend about a party that weekend, or something else, or maybe their husband called, something happened with their kid. I mean, this happens. Right. And nurses know this happens to them. Everyone knows it happens to them. So until it becomes part of our culture that interruptions right. and multitasking are not valued, unless it right. becomes a life or death, that right. patient's coding over there, you exactly. do need to stop what you're doing. Exactly. You know, the heart rate is going down. We need to take care of that mom and baby right now. Now, that should take precedence over anything else, obviously. But the rest of the time, what you're doing is just as important as what the other person person... person wants you to do.
0: And the other benefits in terms of just helping clinicians feel better about themselves... And having a better quality of life is the other piece that's so important that you're describing. Mm -hmm. How do you see these multitasking clinicians embracing what you've embraced? And that is to live a healthier life, be models of self-care for their patients.
1: You know, we have 50% burnout, you know, survey after survey. It's not just OBGYNs, the whole profession. 50%. Whole profession of medicine, you know, nurses, half of us are burnt out. Physician suicides, one a day in the United States. One medical school class a year is lost we have impaired physicians right and nurses and nurses again it has to come from the top the organization has to realize that this is really crucial to our well-being but again that behavior I mean now we, we are starting to see mindfulness classes in elementary yes. schools yes you know my son at Berkeley had a class on meditation serious so California so, so, so California. I'm not California. sure that's happening exactly. in Boston but I love the idea but you know he would say mom you know I made these mistakes on the exam and I knew the stuff I said you weren't being mindful go back over the exam next time right. slow it down take a breath right be mindful with your answers right don't be multitasking don't be thinking about the next stay on task <laughs> stay on the question right exactly and until we again make it part of our culture embed it into our culture you know these things take time and it it, would be, it could be that there's just attrition of the old school who believe multitasking is the way to go and as the new school comes in, that that's when the culture changes, the paradigm shifts.
0: That would be a wonderful, optimistic outlook. But I see mm-hmm. the multitaskers as the young generation, where they have 5 million devices in their hands at all times. Do you really think that's feasible?
1: Well, that's a good question. But, I, you know, I do actually think some of them are a little more mindful than we are. I mean, the, hmm. you know, they... They, have, they talk more about work-life balance. Oh, they do. Than we do. That's true. They do talk about that. Again, it's just something we need to keep bringing the message home about patient safety. And then luckily, the secondary effect would be more wellness, you know, a healthier physician.
0: Well, thank you very much, Dr. Joanne Perrone. It's very inspiring talking with you. Good luck in your campaign to reconstruct us. And I'm there with you. And thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.